Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. We were first introduced to the art-punk band Bodega back in 2018 when they played a bouncing-off-the-wall set for us of songs that look at things like consumerism, technology, and pop culture with a gimlet eye. Bodega songs tend to be loud, catchy, smart, And short, this is a band whose songs don't overstay their welcome. So when a bodega tune hits the five-minute mark, that's an epic for them. And that's what happens in their new single called Tarkovsky. And here is Bodega to play it. Being the best that you can be means you need to know what makes you exceptional. You need to know what makes you stand out and find a way to contribute that to the corporate brand. Take it 
called somewhat improbably Tarkovsky. It is the new single by the band Bodega who just played it live for us here in the studio. Ben Hosey, Bodega Ben to fans playing the guitar and singing lead. Nikki Belfilio singing and playing hi-hat and some other stuff over there. <laughs> Dan, Ru- what was that, Nikki? Samples. Samples, right. I wanted to, I'll come back to that. Uh, Dan Ryan channeling his inner Tom Verlaine on lead guitar, and uh, Adam Shumsky on drums, Adam C. on bass. Nikki, what was the sample that began that song? Well, it's our branding guru, William Aruda. He's a real man. He doesn't know we've sampled him, but (laughs) maybe he'll find out. Actually, it's actually one of our goals to have him on stage with us, maybe as our MC someday. He's a very interesting character. So, like, I found him on YouTube in, I think it was 2012 or 13, and he's obsessed with this notion of personal brand, and he gives these sort of, like, self-help oh, talk. Oh, so he's the one we have to blame for Sort that. of, and, like, <laughs> I, I found him accidentally, and he, he kind of says, you don't need to think of yourself as a human being, you're a brand. Whatever your, your favorite color is, that's not a personal thing, that's your, your, it's your brand. 
And I, I, I thought it was um, kind of disturbing, but also really prophetic. And I think yeah. he's, he's true. Anyone with uh, social media is now a brand. Yep. So that, that guy was sort of like a Nostradamus. Well, let me ask you about Tarkovsky. Um, ben, are you, are you the film buff in the band? Yes, not just a buff, I'm a filmmaker as well. Uh, the, uh, the videos and all of the, the, the visuals uh, that go with the band as the, well? That's mostly Nikki. I, okay. I make uh, narrative fiction films on the side, or okay. maybe bodegas on the side. I don't know. <laughs> he has a feature film called Private Chat. Okay. It's, on, it's on all the streaming. Starring uh, Julia Fox and Peter Vack. So, Andrei Tarkovsky, the great mm-hmm. r- Russian filmmaker, explain the line, take me to the zone. So in his film, Stalker, they go to the zone. People think they're going to the zone to have their own wishes fulfilled. Like say, I want to be, I want to live to be 250. You go to the zone. But what's interesting about the zone, it, do, it doesn't give you what you consciously say you want. It gives you what you, your most inner desires want. So nefarious things can happen when you go to the zone. Like maybe secretly you hate your sister and you want terrible things to happen to her. That will happen if you go to the zone. Right, right. So... Going to the zone uh, in the Tarkovsky style involves very long tracking shots, very slow progressing narratives mm-hmm. that take place on like a train passing through, you know, <laughs> a kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland and stuff like that. Yeah. Very much not the ethos of bodega. <laughs> now we're not really s- slow core for sure. Yeah, mm. yeah. So what was the attraction of of Tarkovsky specifically for you? For me, it was his book. Um, I don't know. Have you read Sculpting in Time? No, uh, I've heard that that's that's like his theory of film. Book, yeah, it's right? sort of like it doubles as like memoir and his theory of film. But he, you know, his. It's been a while since I've read it, but if I can articulate it well, it's sort of. Film has to come from within. It mm-hmm. can't come from references. So you don't want to reference other movies. You're not playing these sort of meta-narrative games. For him, it, I mean, it had to come from the subconscious and the dream world. So a lot of his movies, you know, he's like, I'll only film a scene if I actually dreamt it, for example. Huh. And I, th- I thought it was kind of a moving idea. But he, there, I remember one thing in the, in the book where he talks about, uh, yeah, don't reference other artworks. But then I, I, I was watching all seven of his movies, and almost all of them include references to other artworks like i remember in the beginning of uh, it's either sacrifice or nostalgia where they're like looking at a, a da vinci monograph and there's mm. just a lot of like inserts of famous paintings I'm like he's breaking his own rules so uh, when i first wrote the song i was really interested in and i've always been interested in how theory and practice in art making uh fight against each other yeah um, and this is how i i think about my own practice i guess is it's when you're referring to these things those are the actual fabric and texture of your of your life. I'm a cultural consumer, so of course I can't tell my own story without all the culture I consume. Right, which kind of brings us to the bigger picture. Tarkovsky is the first single from the next Bodega record, mm-hmm. which is called Our Brand Could Be Your Life, mm-hmm. which is a reference mm-hmm. to Our Band Could mm-hmm. Be Your Life. Mm-hmm. And that could either be a reference to the Mike Azarad book mm-hmm. about the history of indie rock in the 80s, or it could be where he got it from, which is the Minutemen song. Yep. Our band could be your life. Real names be proved. Me and Mike Watt, we played for years. Punk rock changed our lives. More the, more the Azarad book, but I think Minutemen are probably the most important band in that book for... 
being the pillar example of American DIY. And another band who liked short songs. Yes. And <laughs> another band who sort of did what I, what I consider sort of like a phenomenology of punk. Yeah. Where like whatever you're thinking goes directly into the track. It's kind of a telling title. Uh, changing it from our band to our brand. I mean, you've already mentioned... What, 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 Nikki, what's the guy's name again? William Aruda. Okay. Um, you know, this idea of we become a brand, and that has been a kind of consistent target of your songwriting over, mm-hmm. the, over the years, it seems. Yeah, I, I think bands have always been brands, right? The Beatles are a brand. I'm not saying that it's a new phenomenon to our era, but... This sort of hyper brandification that has come, I think, because of technology. So we live in uh, this this hyper advertising age, and there's, I mean, it's, I'm not totally against advertising. You know, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. we're advertising our album right now. Sure, you know? I think it's you know, it's okay to, if you got a great product, you should advertise it. But what I'm saying is, um, I'm sort of obsessed with sort of the how rock and roll has fallen from grace. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a, sort of an existential crisis uh, that. Maybe rock was always superficial from the very beginning, just uh, a commodity culture for teenagers. But I don't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't really have answers. But I guess like one of my biggest thematics that I'm obsessed with as a songwriter is sort of this, uh, this existential dread I feel from being someone who spent so much time in rock and roll. Yeah. And, um, well, I think, I think rock musicians felt that way 50 years ago, of course you know, did, which is yeah. why you had Frank Zappa, you know, just kind of pushing into the classical music world. It's why you had, you know, young English prog rockers attempting to, like, recreate orchestral sounds with three or four or five instruments. I mean... They want to be taken seriously. They wanted to be, yeah. They, they wanted to break out of the, the confines of that sort of thing. Totally. Um, the Bandcamp page for the new record, for Our Brand Could Be Your Life, shows the cover, and... Um, Nikki, it's suspiciously reminiscent of the ATM machine that appears briefly in the video for Shiny New Model. It is indeed. <laughs> I mean, it also shows in the Tchaikovsky video that we just put out. Um, it's the same thing, but I, I maximized it, you know, for profit and all that fun. Right. No, I, I, made, it, I made it like a six-foot-tall uh, paper mache ATM machine. Um, I wanted to just... Uh, we wanted to kind of, like... I guess, like, what is it, the word that we're using? We're not, like, redoing the album, but we're... We're remaking. We're remaking. It's or a cinematic like a idea. You know, it's like remaking a film. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, having spoken about Shiny New Model, which is an older song, it is the one you're going to play next. So let's hear Bodega. Uh, new record is out on April 12th, by the way, called Our Brand Could Be Your Life. Let's go back a few years and hear this one, Shiny New Model. Buy your domain name. It's like buying property, right? You want to own the property, even if you're not ready to build the house, buy the property now so that nobody else can have it.
Bodega, live performance of their song, Shiny New Model, here in the studio. Um, ben, do you, um, do you write these songs in bunches? I, I ask simply because, you know, there are often themes that, that you come back to, you know, in multiple songs or even across records. Yeah, uh, I think probably most people they'll write will say they do that because you, you usually write for an album or something like that. But I come back to themes... 10 years later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a tendency in in pop because it's uh, pop and rock. It's such a novelty kind of based thing that's like we got to go on to the next. Right. I think painters and novelists and filmmakers get to rework the same themes over and over again. Why can't a songwriter? I, f- I feel like mm-hmm. I've, I've barely scratched the surface of what I think about certain things. Right. Well, Nikki mentioned advertising mm-hmm. uh, a moment mm-hmm. ago. Um, and there's there's a kind of a dual track on uh, the last record uh, on extra equipment there's mm. the art of advertising but he's not susceptible to advertising what strange and art and advertising <laughs> heart is the meat th between the brain and the hands Were they written the way we hear them? You know, one right after the other like that? Uh, pretty close together. Yeah, I think for me, one of my one of my biggest questions, and uh, actually I, I might want to know what you think about this. What is the difference between an artist and an advertiser? Because the, the, 
the thin line is so thin. I feel like what most artists actually do is merely advertising. And what a lot of advertisers do is art. Yeah. For example, yeah. a lot of people that I know that make records, they think, okay, well, what would people most want to hear right now? What are they liking the most of what I've done in the past? Let's refine and do more of that. So I think, I think I'm kind of getting at my own personal answer is that I think art has uh, chance involved and it has... Uh, you can't, uh, you're not trying to reach a target demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which I'm not, but, but in some ways, that's how all creativity happens, right? You, you take inputs from the world, things that you're influenced by, things you want to talk about, things you're moved by. The more you pick this apart, it's very hard to, to tell the difference. When do, you, when do you think we've been advertisers over artists in our career? Uh, um, when haven't we been, though? <laughs> Well, you know, I guess it, it, it comes down, it seems to me, then this might be a, a kind of a facile answer, that it comes down to intention. Mm -hmm. um, having said that, though, I think there's a bigger distinction to be made, which is between art and craft. Yes. Uh, and there is almost no craft that cannot be done so well that it doesn't elevate itself to where it's art. Yeah, I mean, I think like art could be maybe measured by, you know, how much does it rupture the status quo? There's probably a lot of advertising that makes people think about the world in a different way. Yeah. We were just talking about the branding of the cigarette and right. how it sold itself to women um, looking for like autonomy and freedom in their life. Right. But I'm so trad. I, I still I still like the idea of people making things. I mean, that this we could talk about AI. I mean, this is what AI is, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> um Anyway, where was I? Oh, right. So, <laughs> songs in bunches. <laughs> As usual, listening to Bodega is making my head hurt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you listen closely enough, a lot of these songs, they ask kind of big questions about what the hell are we doing? Um, and on the new record, there are three songs in a row called Cultural Consumer, parts one, two, and three. It's sort of like um, I, you know, tend to romanticize my own ego like most people do and think of myself as sort of outside of, say, trad consumer culture. But I'm not because, OK, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to the cinema and I'm seeing Tarkovsky reprints or I'm buying remasters of obscure hardcore records or whatever, I'm still just buying stuff. <laughs> I'm still just a consumer. There's that, that's what that's what the, the cultural consumer is. Yeah. But also. There's a positive side to the cultural consumer. Art is born by what is consumed. Right. You can't make if you're not consuming, literally. Well, know? and to come back to art and advertising, you know, if you're the greatest composer who's ever lived and you've written this magnificent symphony that's unlike anything and no one has heard it, mm -hmm. what's the point? Mm -hmm. I mean, there it may be art, but it's only is it only art if someone can appreciate it? Or, I, I mean, I, again. I think so. I, I'm, I'm trad like that. I, I think so. I have a friend that says, Stop oh, saying trad. But that's a very trad way of saying uh, traditional. You know, all those old records yeah. that would say trad <laughs> slash R. That's why I like, See, you know, like trad <laughs> arranged trad <chad>. by. <laughs> we got a trad chat on our hands. <laughs> um, yeah, what was I saying? 
Oh, I have a friend who has this like argument that basically, oh, the the best songs we've never heard them. The best guitar players are in their basement playing for themselves. And I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because if you, uh, A, that's not what I think music is about. It's about the collective aspect of singing with other people. But also, you don't get good unless you go out and you test um, yourself against the world. Yeah. You have, yeah. You have to get that very negative feedback. Um, <laughs> And, and don't let it break your spirit, but let be smart about because sometimes uh, feedback is right. Okay, now, but let me just do a quick pushback on, on, on this. What if that person, you know, playing guitar in his or her basement uh, and never goes out in the world, what if they've left behind a recording that 100 years from now somebody finds and says, oh, where the, where the hell has this been all this time? But, uh, yeah, no, I think you, you answered it eloquently already by saying that it's that contact with an audience where there's some kind of exchange of, of thought. I mean, yeah. I think that that's, that's all art is. It's a direct conduit into another person's consciousness. That's what, that's why I think it's valuable. It's not design or pure formal ideas or anything like that. But again, I'm trad, so. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> you said it. He said it many times, he actually. He said it many times. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, um, Let's hear another song. Uh, I mean, you are a New York band. Occasionally, you've written kind of specifically New York-y songs. Is this next song, City Is Taken, is that one of them? Yeah. City Is Taken is very much a New York City song, and it's very much about artists and my personal experience of moving here and kind of realizing over many, a decade, I would even say, um, the relationship, the parasitic relationship we have with like real estate mm. uh, business and other businesses like these like kind of insidious things that we can't see and we don't know and especially I moved here in 2009 um, well, from mm, where? just 2010 from Kingston and um, I didn't I've never heard the word gentrification right I didn't know what I was getting myself into and and what my skin color would do to and like what my bank account would do to someone around me like you have to move into these neighborhoods because you have like you moved in with 200 bucks and I was living in a closet and blah, blah. but still these these companies would see me walking around un unbeknownst to me and rent would rise and communities would be displaced and you know you just feel like this one of the biggest things of being an artist in a city like this and you feel your yourself being commodified I guess <laughs> against your will mm. Um, and I feel like after over a decade of living here, I finally tried to communicate that, that feeling and that story. All right. Uh, that's, that's a big idea for, uh, for a little three-minute song. But yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's see how much we can pack into uh, the song called <laughs> City is Taken. It's going to be on the next record by Bodega called Our Brand Could Be Your Life. Here's a live performance. If you're going to have kids, don't name them until you see if you can have their domain name. Moving from Kingston to Kings County, I fell on city black, get a snowfall scene. Represent the tide, how did I murder, murder, murder? Then I go played romantic histories of my bohemia verse industry Thought I was such a revolutionary I thought city is taken but not by me City is taken but 
Once you've been through the branding process, you're just a couple of inches taller than you were before having gone through. <laughs> ah, that's Bodega with a new song called City is Taken, which you will find on their new record when it comes out on April 12th. The album called Our Brand Could Be Your Life. Uh, Nikki, was that the same guy that, that we heard as, at, at the beginning of Tarkovsky? Same guru. All right. Uh, and the guy talking about don't name your kids until you know you can get their domain. Also him? Also him. You got to get this guy, man. I mean, <laughs> he may not realize you want him ironically, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's, I, mean, I mean, it's not quite ironically. I just think like it's it's almost like what he says is a perfect articulation of what the culture is subconsciously already thinking. Yeah. Let, me, let me just come back, Ben, to something uh, that you were talking about before, where, you know, Tarkovsky, not uh, not referencing other art in your art uh you have all made kind of an art out of referencing other art yep in in your work yes. um you know roll over beethoven tell tarkovsky the news you know <laughs> uh the first time you were here the song williamsburg bridge mm -hmm. which was kind of built on something very akin to the rolling stones sympathy, uh, sympathy for, for the, the devil, devil. Yep. um the new album has a song, uh, and again, all I know are titles at this point, Set the Controls for the Heart of the Drum. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that's Pink Floyd. It's yes, early, yeah, <laughs> early Pink Floyd, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, being meta like mm -hmm. that, um, whatever the theory, the practice is that you seem to enjoy that. Yes, because first and foremost, I'm a rock fanatic so it's all i think about for the most part um so it's like what i was saying earlier if I, it, like i think if i'm going to make art that reflects my experience of living it has to reflect that that's how i and i and i think everyone lives lives this way whether they're aware of it or not it, 
Have you ever, I mean, obviously, when you have a conversation with people, what's the first thing they'll say when something extraordinary happens to them? Oh, my God, it was like a movie. Should have been there. Yeah. We experience reality through the prism of narratives and, and pop culture. And I, I wonder what people said 300 years ago when something like that happened, when they <laughs> couldn't like say, oh, it's like a movie. Just like a play. Yeah, but even 300 years ago, unless you were of a certain stratus in strata in society, you'd probably never been to a play, you know? So, but so. you told... Folk tale. Yeah, yeah. You sang songs. And right. Yeah, it's like something out of that murder ballad that that guy was singing a couple of years ago, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, I guess that would have been the reference. Right. Um, all right, so South by Southwest in March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the record's out on April 12th called Our Brand Could Be Your Life. Really looking forward to hearing the rest of this record. Thanks for playing some of it for us today. Thank you. Hope you like it. Thank you. The band is Bodega. And uh, my thanks to them. My thanks to Irene Trudell, our technical director. Karen Havlick down the hall shooting video of these performances, which you'll be able to find on the New Sounds website or on the New Sounds YouTube channel. You can keep up with everything we're doing by texting New Sounds to 70101. We'll sign you up to our free weekly newsletter or sign up on the website at newsounds.org. When I post my killer in your room.